Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Superflex Super Show is proud to bring you John Big Irish McGlynn. Hey guys, uh, I love doing the show because I used to be a banker, but I lost interest. So I love doing the show because of that reason now. I love doing it every day. We have Ethan the Dr. Turner. Did you know that astronauts can grow up to two inches taller while they're in space? Other news, Kyler Murray is thinking about becoming an astronaut. <laughs> we have myself, James the Brain. This is the Superflex Super Show. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Just wait. Just wait, guys. Just wait because we have our quarter of the season award show going on today. Welcome to the Superflex Super Show, everyone. That is John McClin and Ethan Turner. I am James the Brain, and we're going to be with you to discuss our our. We're going to have some 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 debating going on here because we're going to have our quarter of the season award show. All right, so so picture we're you know we're we're outside. The red carpet has been rolled up. Everyone's in, and we are your presenters. We're going to present the awards to you, but we're going to make arguments for the guys that we have chosen for these awards. And then afterwards, we're going to pick a winner. So these awards are uh, are going to be for the quarter of the season. So as of right now, these are the guys that we would pick for these awards. So um, let's, let's go ahead and start it off, guys. I'm, I'm interested. So drum roll. First award of the night is the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ethan, will you give us our first participant? Yes, so uh, my participant for this award is Josh Jacobs, running back for the Oakland Raiders. Currently sitting at RB17 in half-point scoring. Not really providing anything through the air just yet. Only has five targets, but he is a top 12 running back in both rushing attempts and yardage, so the opportunity is there. This is what you want to see out of a running back, especially rookies. Opportunity is key, so... Um, obviously this year I felt like running backs getting moved up and up in fantasy drafts. I really feel like Jacobs is looking like a steal just from an opportunity perspective and the, uh, the points that he is scoring on the ground are making up for the lack of production through the air, which I do think is coming. So my candidate is Josh Jacobs. Very good. Very good. So John we, we will discuss these at the end here, but John McLean, I would like you to give us your participant that is uh, up for your nominee for the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. Everyone knows I'm a Dolphins fan, but uh, so this is kind of a homer pick. But at the same time, it's Preston Williams, uh, wide receiver from the Dolphins. Uh, this guy should have had real good draft capital, as I mentioned before, but he uh, felt he became an unrestricted free agent because of his off-field antics. But 
he is just getting force fed the ball in Miami. He's they're probably their he is the number one receiver. His snap count's going up every game. He's uh, he's averaging well. It went you know he's about ninety percent of the time he's on the field in the last couple of games. So um, he's getting all the big throws. His problem is he's dropping them. He's dropped probably seven or eight passes already this year, and, it's, and some of them been real tough situations. Uh, he's only had one touchdown so far, but he's uh, his yard per catch almost every game has been at least about 11, 12 uh, per catch. He's everywhere. He's he's the number one in Miami. I think he's going to get force-fed the ball the rest of the season. And, you know, even though there's bigger, flashier names in this draft that got drafted earlier on, uh, he's uh, I think he's just going to finish this year with the most – Probably the most yards, the most uh, he'll be the most slow and steady wins the race kind of guy who just gets you to the, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And uh, I, it's somebody I would put like in a in a second or third flex spot all year long as a rookie and uh, and be happy with that. So um, uh, Preston Williams is mine. Okay, very good, very good. I will share my nomination with all of you now. My nomination for Offensive Rookie of the Year is Scary Terry McLaurin. That's right, I said Scary. That's going to be his nickname here. I have spoken. Um, Terry McLaurin is, is my nominee and Terry McLaurin, look, he kind of came out of nowhere. Like we didn't really expect a whole lot of Terry McLaurin talk early in the season here, even if you were on him, which I, I, I can kind of say I was half on board with him. I, I really liked his film, but I didn't expect this from him very early. So when we look at Terry McLaurin, look, he's averaging eight targets a game. He's suited up for three of the four games for the Redskins. Um, he has, uh, Five targets or five grabs in one game, five in the next, and six in the next. Um, yardage, I mean, his his first game, five grabs for 125 yards. Second game, he had 62 yards on those five receptions. And then uh, the third game, from six receptions, he had 70 yards. So the yardage has been good, but the, the really, really what's made Terry McLaurin awesome has been the touchdowns. He's had a touchdown every game, three touchdowns in three games he's played. He has been fantastic. The Washington Redskins are a bad, bad football team. And the problem with the, the Washington Redskins being a bad football team is that they're going to throw an awful, awful lot. They're going to have to. The game the, the game script, the narrative is going to be that they're going to be behind and they're going to be throwing the ball, which is, which is great. Garbage points count for me. They count for you. They count in everyone's lineup. I'll take them. Terry McLaurin is the best receiver on a team that's going to throw a lot of times. Uh, we've seen it so far this year. He's really put up some fantastic numbers. His catch rate is fantastic too. He, he's just he, – he's really shown – that not only is he a good receiver, but this this could, you know, progress. This he could be a good receiver for years to come. Here, he's not just the best of a bad group. He is the best of a bad group, but he's not just that. I think he is a good receiver that's going to get better with more time. Um, you know, with more time played. And oh yeah, he had Case Keenum throwing him the ball. Now he has a rookie throwing him the ball who just so happened to be the guy who was throwing him the ball in college. So I like that too. Um, I think Terry McLaurin is, is as of right now, my offensive rookie of the year. It's a good pick. So guys, we we've, we've all made, we've all made our arguments and all three of these guys are worthy. They're, they're all three in the discussion. Um, you know, they, they all three deserve to be there. So what do you guys think? And who do you guys think as of right now out of these three is, is the front runner? Is there, is there a guy that you think should be the offensive rookie of the year over the other two? Um, are, are you, are we all sticking with our answer? What's, what's, uh, what are, what are our thoughts between Josh Jacobs, Preston Williams, and Terry McLaurin? 
I think Josh Jacobs has a chance to be the uh, front runner this year just because he's going to get all the work, and we know that. I think Preston's going to get some more, too. McLaurin, uh, they're going to play quarterback carousel uh, in Washington, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But um, I think Josh Jacobs, he was sick for a game. He lost 10 pounds, came on the field, still got all, you know a bunch of carries that week. Um, he's uh, just out of de facto for his draft capital, the team he's on, the way they use him, I, I – I think uh, I think Ethan's got it here with Josh Jacobs. I'd like to see Preston Williams win this award, but I think it's going to be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, that's interesting, Ethan. Um, hearing hearing uh, that Josh Jacobs is the front runner there for for John, is Josh Jacobs still your guy here? Is there a guy between Preston Williams or Terry McLaurin that you think you might have taken over him um, at this point of the season, or is Josh Jacobs your guy here? You know, it's hard for me. Uh, I really like Terry McLaurin. Obviously, he has shown out to start this this race i think if we're if we're going on just quarter awards so up to this point it's hard to to bet against mclaurin just because he didn't cost anything for the majority of fantasy players and i think that gives him a little bit of a bump in value josh jacobs jacobs you were drafting him to be kind of what he is right now which is a running back too that's pretty solid week to week uh, so I'm going to, you know, I hate to do it, but I'm actually going to go with McLaurin, um, because this is just in the first quarter of the season. So in the first quarter of the season, I think McLaurin, what he has done has been more impressive than what Jacobs has done, given the capital that you had to spend to get, um, Jacobs in, in fantasy drafts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, man, you guys both made some really good points and it's tough for me. I can tell you right now, I like Preston Williams a lot. I think Preston Williams moving forward is going to have a lot of value, but to this point, I don't think he's done what Jacobs and McLaurin have done. So I'm, I'm probably going to eliminate him right here. Um, it's probably for me, it's between Jacobs and McLaurin. And here's the thing. I, to me, the draft capital, it, it obviously it matters when you drafted, you know, uh, Jacobs and you didn't draft McLaurin. He was kind of a waiver wire ad that does help, you know, help kind of tell a little bit of the story on how valuable McLaurin has been. However, you know, at, there were so many people that we drafted this this year um, in rookie drafts highly that have disappointed. And we can start with David Montgomery, another running back who was drafted very highly. And he he just hasn't, to this point of the year, for whatever reason, been very good. Josh Jacobs has been, like you said. When you can plug in a rookie running back and you can expect running back two numbers right away, pretty much week in and week out, consistently, that speaks volumes. Um, so, you know, to me, that that there's there's a lot, lot to be said there for Josh Jacobs. I, Terry McLaurin is a guy that I... You know, I really, really like. Um, my, my only problem with him is that, you know, there... I mean, the opportunity has just been through the roof. I mean, the volume has just been really high. It scares me to think, what if Washington starts to get good? Or what if they're up in games? You know, what if they, what if there's four or five games, you know, that, that Washington's actually, actually in it, you know, and they don't have to throw all the time. What is McLaurin's numbers going to look like? I don't know. And uh, that, that scares me a little bit. So Josh Jacobs is involved in the rushing game. He is a capable pass catching back. I think that he gets that chance uh, pretty quick here. Um, so to me, at, as of, as of this point, I think, I think I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Um, running back has been tough to tough to fill. And so I think we can declare our winner. The offensive rookie of the year to this point is Josh Jacobs. So 
Ethan got one. He, Yay. He, uh, he nominated the winner of that one. Um, so that's, I'll just retire now. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> undefeated. Right? Un- undefeated. So that's, that's awesome. So let's, let's go to our next award gentlemen. And um, this one, this one's always hard for me to talk about because man, it's, it's hard to, to talk about a player in a negative light, but you know, we, we kind of have those guys that we drafted to, to be, or, or we took to be, players that we were going to count on. They were going to be cornerstones of our franchise. We were going to be able to rely on these guys for big numbers week in and week out. And so far to this point, four games in, they've disappointed. Who has been the biggest disappointment to this point in the season? John McGlynn, we're going to start with you. Who is your biggest disappointment so far this season? Uh, Jared Cook, a tight end from the New Orleans Saints. I, um, Right now, he is uh, he's thirty third uh, ranked tight end. That's that's pretty bad. And in, in, in a game of bad tight ends, that's that's pretty bad number uh, for PPR thirty five and non PPR. Um, uh, from what his how his season finished last year to where he was going to be proclaimed to be, you know, people were talking about him being in the top five tight ends coming in this year with, you know, with the Kelsey and Kittle and Ingram and, you know, I've heard that the rumblings where he'd be able to come in this 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 season. And, and uh, really make a name for himself as far as, uh, you know, continuing his last year's uh, situation. Uh, I understand Drew Brees is out, but even when Brees is in game one, he only had three targets for 30 yards. You know, he only caught two over 30 yards. He's uh, I'm not sure how much they're planning on using this year, planning on using him this year. Um, but uh, he's uh, he's not. He's just not cutting the mustard. I mean, it's last year he had 900, uh, 900 yards and uh, I think six or seven touchdowns and, this year he's the only guy he has got no touchdowns and a little over sixty yards. So and that's through four games. Um multiply that by four. And obviously you're you know, you're obviously not gonna have the numbers you had last year, nothing even close to it. And he was supposed to improve on his game from last year. So uh this is a huge disappointment as far as I'm concerned. What do you guys think? Yeah, I uh we'll 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 go over we'll go over yours uh pretty quick here. I'll, I will go with my nominee for this this award for uh so far the the bust and that is or my biggest disappointment at least uh and that is for me it's Stefan Diggs, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Look, in four games, the guy has 13 receptions for 209 yards and a touchdown. Um, they're just not throwing the ball a lot there. So we, we kind of know what the problem is for Stephon Diggs. We expected him to have more. I mean, 209 yards, he's averaging, what, 50, 52 yards a game, just over uh, 52 yards a game. And a lot of that uh, yardage has come on big plays. This last week, seven grabs for 108 yards. It was the first week that he looked pretty good. That was against the Bears. Looks like they had to throw the ball, and they, they wanted to get him involved but outside of that um that the previous three games two grabs one grab and three grabs so six receptions in three games before that it was looking really bad this last game was encouraging i just don't know if it's something that we can expect week in and week out with digs and that's the problem for me is that stamon digs has been anything but reliable you know after three weeks of him doing that 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 fourth week against the chicago bears defense he was on a lot of people's bench by then. I mean, it's hard to throw him out and to start him in some of your lineups when he was putting up, you know, just some some atrocious numbers the first three weeks, and then he's got to go to Chicago. Kind of think that that's probably another bad week. He, he kind of bucked that trend, so that was nice, but I don't think he did fantasy owners any, uh, any you know, I don't think he did a lot of fantasy owners very good just because I don't think a lot of them stuck with him. Um, he also fumbled the ball um, in that game too, so I mean that – 
there's some stuff there still that uh, that that really worry me. And to me, Stefan Diggs is the guy. And the lastly, the matchups haven't been terrible. I mean, week one against Atlanta, and and he only had two targets and two grabs for 37 yards. I mean that that's a plus matchup when you're at home. Um, in Green Bay, I mean they were behind for for a good portion of that game. They were playing catch up, so they they had to throw the ball a little bit. Um, you know, the Oakland Raiders is a team that you should be able to throw the ball against. I know they won pretty big there, and so the game script was a little bit different. But uh, to me, man, th- these were these were games that Stephon Diggs could probably put up some numbers in. And uh, and that's, to me, the most disappointing part is that these haven't been, you know, totally terrible matchups. As a matter of fact, the worst matchup he had was probably in Chicago last week, and he did the best. So it's just puzzling on when you can count on Stefan Diggs. I don't know that you can week in a week out, and that's disappointing. So that is my nominee. Ethan, let's go to you for the last nominee, your nominee for the most disappointing player of the year to this point. My nominee is going to sting a few people. Uh, when I think of bus, I don't, I tend to go with guys in the top two rounds that are just not producing anywhere close to what you would expect drafting them. Um, and right now that guy is Joe Mixon, uh, obviously getting drafted very highly in fantasy drafts this year, uh, top 12 running back as far as draft position, but he's only averaging 7.9 fantasy points per game and half PPR. That is not going to cut it. Uh, 3.2 yards per carry. That's the worst in his career up to this point. He's not really getting anything in the passing game either. Only 15 targets, 11 receptions. Uh, he's only had one game in half point PPR where he's scored over nine points. And even then it was because of a touchdown. So uh, in four games, he's been uh, nothing but a disappointment up to this point for fantasy owners. Obviously, an injury is playing a bit of a role in his lack of production, but uh, even when he's playing, he has not looked good, and I think that that, that really is uh, disappointing for a lot of people. So my guy's Joe Mixon. Uh, again, I hope he turns it around just for a few of my teams personally, uh, but I, I don't think you can find very many very many top 24 guys that were going in fantasy drafts that are disappointing as much as Mixon is right this second. Yeah, the, the, this is an interesting group. You got Jared Cook, who, you know, t- as far as the tight end position goes, he was he was pretty highly regarded this year, and he's done next to nothing. So that's that's disappointing, especially at a position where if you decided to punt, you know, you you might have gotten a guy like Jared Cook, you know, in the later rounds and someone else, and and if that's not working out, you know, that's that's tough to eat a eat a, a tough score, a, you know, a bad score from that position at that point. So he's definitely on that list. Stephon Diggs to me is. Um, is definitely on that list. He fits there at this point. And Joe Mixon is is definitely someone that fits on that list too. He's disappointed a lot of owners. So guys, where are we going here? Um, I, I guess, you know what, I'll start here. Um, since I went last last time, I'm going to start here. And look, these guys are all worthy of the, the nominations that they got. But I think the guy that is probably the biggest bust in my eyes, at least, is Joe Mixon. And look, it's for totally different reasons. And it almost feels unfair for Joe Mixon to be the most disappointing player. I, I guess I'll say most disappointing as as opposed to bust. And I guess my reason being for that is that I Joe Mixon has put up – I mean, his numbers are tough. They are tough. But the reasoning being is, I mean, that Cincinnati team, that offensive line is terrible. Um, the, the, you know, they're, they're behind in a lot of games. They're throwing the ball. Giovanni Bernard is a good pass-catching back. He's he, You know what, honestly – Joe Mixon can catch the ball and he's a good pass catching back, but Giovanni Bernard, that's kind of his specialty. And that's really what he does well when he gets the ball in space. So 
it's just tough. I mean, the, the, the game script is tough for Joe Mixon. Uh, the offensive line is terrible. Um, I, I, Andy Dalton hasn't been good. They've been getting blown out in a lot of games. They haven't been close. It, it's it, you, the reasons are there and it's not all Joe Mixon's fault. Um, but I, it, to me, I mean, those numbers speak volumes. They have not been there. And like Ethan said, of these three players, he, he's he's got the highest ADP. You know, I mean, he had the highest ADP at least of these three players. So, um, you know, he he is disappointed on a grander scale. You know, the uh, the opportunity cost to get him has been really high. So for me, it's Joe Mixon, guys. That's that's my uh, that's my pick here. John, what do you think between these three guys? Uh, Ethan's going to go two and zero here, I think, because uh, I, Joe Mixon definitely. I, I think he tweaked his knee in the first game of the season for Seattle. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he came out only after like six attempts. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, he's been one. dealing with an injury. So again, this is the only. I, I I tried to avoid the injuries, but the fact that he he did play in all four games. Um, didn't he didn't miss a game due to injuries? So, no, and then uh, you San- know, the fact that he's playing is almost worse for fantasy owners because there's no way you have to start him if he's playing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's normally I would none of the other uh, categories did I include players that were were injured, um, and that is why they were either. Uh, that's that played a role in my decision making, I guess. But the fact that he's playing injured isn't helping his case. Yeah, but I think he played up until a little bit past halftime in the first game, so he should have had a pretty good sample size. Uh, San Fran, he didn't do much in. Uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh are both uh, – first of all, Buffalo's a really good defense. Um, San Fran's not too shabby. They're not the worst. Uh, Pittsburgh just destroyed – I mean, if, I don't know if you guys watched the game um, the other night, but uh, the Bengals just got – manhandled all over the field. So I, I think this is more gain script or something. I'm not sure, but um, four yards of carry is not the worst thing, but you expect a lot more from a guy you drafted that high. Ethan, like you said, um, I'll, I'll take Joe Mixon here because if I spent a second round pick on, on Joe Mixon, I'd expect a lot more production than this out of him. I don't expect, I knew going in that it would be a, a crapshoot on, on Jared Cook trying to, uh, you know, make, make something out of nothing for the tight end position. Um, that was oh, just a hope and a dream, but, and Stefan Diggs, we knew that team was going to be a running team. We knew it was going to be a run team though. You know, we, we didn't expect to be this low of production, but we knew he would, you know, Diggs was going to start out a little bit slow. Um, but we expected Mixon to have all the opportunity in the world and, and, uh, it's, he's not getting it done. That's what I think. Ethan, let's go to you. We got a clean sweep here. Is there I some- mean, it, it's going to have to be a clean sweep for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously, I nominated Mixon because I do think that he really has disappointed. Um, but I think you guys brought up some some good good names here too. Jared Cook, in a position where tight end is so vacant. I mean, there's you don't even have to hit the field half the time to be a top 24 tight end. The fact that he is not getting any work right now, even with the backup quarterback, uh, it really says a lot to how disappointing he has been thus far. Stephon Diggs, um, like John said, I, I expect this team to run a lot this year, but I not expect them to just disregard the two arguably top 24 wide receivers that they have on that squad. Uh, They're paying their quarterback a ton of money. The fact that they're now chirping um, in the media about the fact that they're not throwing. um, Hopefully this turns around for Diggs. I think we saw a pretty good game out of him um, against a pretty good defense last week. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come, but 
if that game, if that team is ahead, you know that the ball is going to be running through Dalvin Cook as long as they will, as long as game script will allow it. So I think Diggs is, is doomed for a disappointing year this year. Um, I think Cook has already shown that he's going to disappoint this year. Uh, but again, this all boils down to Joe Mixon has just been, in my eyes, one of the biggest disappointments as far as what you drafted versus what you're getting. And I think that really is the deciding factor for me. So ladies and gentlemen, our official winner is Joe Mixon for the most disappointing player to this point of the season. So Joe Mixon, congratulations. Come get your award. And let's move on, gentlemen. We have the the, the next category is interesting. It's the biggest improvement um, from last year to this year to date. Okay, so I'm going to go first. And my nominee for this category is Ronald Jones. And look, Ronald Jones, he just he just looks like a different back. When you watch him run the ball this year, it looks like he's running with confidence again. His pad level is good. He's breaking tackles and he's he's hitting the hole at full steam. And you know, he's he's at full speed. He's not trying to dance in the hole. He's not, you know, flat-footed behind the line waiting for something. He's not bouncing everything outside. He looks like a different back. He looks like uh, you know, the best back in this backfield, um, which is something because Peyton Barber was clearly the best back in that backfield last year. This year, it looks like it's Ronald Jones. And to me, it's exciting because if, if you can get the bell shout, bell share, uh, bell cow share of the carries in a, uh, um, in a Bruce Arians offense, you know, you're, you're going to have a good role. You're going to have a nice role. You're going to have a nice game plan week in and week out. This Tampa Bay offense is starting to look really good. And Ronald Jones is a big part of it. So uh, to me, I'm excited about Ronald Jones. He passes the eye test. Now, the interesting thing with him is there are going to be guys that you can say made bigger leaps as far as the numbers. And that's where we play fantasy is in the numbers. So it'll be interesting to me when we discuss these guys later on, um, I, the narrative that we take as far as are we, are we going to take the points or are we going to take, you know, kind of what our eyes are telling us who has improved the most. I think if we're doing the eye test, Ronald Jones is in the conversation for sure. If not, I think he may fall by the wayside. There were a couple games where Peyton Barber looked like the guy. Um, but as of late, it's been Ronald Jones, these last couple games. And, uh, and I don't see that. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So that is my nominee. Uh, Ethan, let's go to you. You have your, your nominee for the biggest improvement from last year to this year uh, so far. Yeah, so we're talking about this four-week stretch, so not a huge sample size, but I think it's hard to argue that Austin Eckler hasn't been impressing as far as uh, clearly he's got the most going for him as far as situation of any of the guys we're going to talk about. You know, he's he's on a good offense that scores a lot of points, uh, and he's, by all intents and purposes, the bell cow. Um, definitely the bell cow in the passing game. You know, Eckler is the RB2 in fantasy and half point per reception leagues right now. He's averaging 26.8 fantasy points a game. Uh, behind only Christian McCaffrey, he's had at least five receptions in each game this year. His yards per attempt is down, which I think we knew that he wasn't going to be a guy that was going to be super effective between the tackles when you give him a lion's share of the work, uh, but still on pace right now, assuming, of course, uh, that if Gordon didn't return, which he's going to, but we're only talking about the first four weeks. Uh, Eckler's on pace for 800 plus yards rushing and nearly a thousand yards receiving. So um, extrapolated those numbers just shows how good he has been this year. We're talking Alvin Kamara-esque production out of Eckler thus far. Um, when Gordon returns, uh, obviously this is all going to take a hit, but this is 
this is just talking about this first four weeks. And I really feel like if you just look at what Eckler has done, there's no doubt that he has improved vastly from where even you expected him with the lion's share of the work to be from last year. Mm, yeah, very, very nice. Okay, John, let's go uh, to the last nominee for this category. You've got it. Who are you? Who is your nominee for the biggest improvement from last year to this year thus far? Um, Evan Ingram, tight end from the Giants. Uh, he had a real good rookie year. Second year took a hit, a little bit of uh, bumps and bruises, but really wasn't getting too much done uh, for half the year. Um, this year, he's on fire. He's uh, tight end one in PPR, tight end one in standard. Um, he's averaging uh, seven receptions a game. He's got two two games over 100 yards already. He's got two touchdowns. This is uh, a big, huge jump from his last year's production. Uh, you know, he had like 500 yards and three touchdowns all last year. He's almost to that point already in one quarter of the season so far this year. For a tight end, we expected to hear Kelsey Kittle. I don't mean to be make this the tight end show, but uh, you know this is who I think is the most improved because he wasn't supposed. He was supposed to be in the top ten, but nowhere near number one. And um, I'm super happy I drafted him in tons of leagues because this is a, a guy that I'm 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 so happy that he made a production he's done so far in the first quarter of the season. Yeah, these these names are are interesting, gentlemen. What do you guys got? What do you guys think here, um, Ethan? Let's start with you this time. Uh, who who do you think out of these three? Is uh, is the guy? Did, did either of us sway you with our argument, or is Austin Eckler gonna gonna be your guy here? You know, you did. Uh, I'll be honest. When I was sitting there listening to your explanation for Ronald Jones, I couldn't help but think, man, I remember a year ago Ronald Jones was basically left for dead as far as fantasy goes. He was, I think, he had negative yards um, on over twenty touches uh, at, in the preseason, and he wasn't. He didn't look good when he got the ball in season either. I really thought that we were never going to talk about Ronald Jones again. So I'm going to go with in in terms of being someone that was at the absolute bottom of the barrel to at least being um, a fantasy asset again. Um, I'm going to say that that is a huge improvement. Um, Eckler was always a fantasy asset, even if it was just in PPR scoring. But um, and obviously Ingram has always been an asset. He has he has looked very very good this year. But I think. Um, this is about improvement. And I think that the improvement for Ingram was that he was healthy. I think the improvement for Jones is that he actually looks like he's gotten better at football in a year. So uh, I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. Not that any of these guys aren't deserving of this award, but I think as far as actually improving at playing football, Ronald Jones has done the best of the three. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting way to look at it too, is kind of who moved the, uh, who moved the, that, you know, the most from, from, you know, where they were at to where they are now. And I think, I think when you look at it that way, Ronald Jones is definitely in that conversation. Now to me, when, when you look at the numbers, you know, if, if we're, if we're looking at the numbers and we're going, Hey, fantasy wise, you know, who's that guy that really took that step up. It's the other two, Austin Eckler and Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, um, obviously last year he struggled, but we saw what Evan Ingram did when OBJ was out. And it seemed like every time, you know, Beckham missed time, Evan Ingram was good. And so we kind of expected that a little bit. I don't know any of us expected Austin Eckler to do what he has done so far this year. I mean, we expected his numbers to increase because he was going to get, you know, a, a bigger share of the, the workload. And I think we all kind of kind of felt that. But to this point, I mean, this is the, like you said, Ethan, his production, 800. He's on pace for 800 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. I mean, that's insane 
production from a guy, uh, you know, if, if Melvin Gordon held out all year, let's just say, let's, let's play that narrative out. And Austin Eckler even hits 700 rushing yards and 800 receiving yards. I mean, that's like, that's a phenomenal year. I mean, you are so happy to get that kind of production out of an RB one, let alone Austin Eckler. So um, to me, this is this one's really close because when I look at the numbers, it, to me, it's Austin Eckler. Um, when I look at the, you know, what I think can become the guy, I think it's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram can be that guy that by the end of the year we're going, yeah, it's him. Um, just because of the way the the game script and everything's kind of playing out with Eckler, it, it could very well be Evan Ingram if, if you know if he continues and and Daniel Jones um, continues improving. I think it could be him. Um, but as of right now, I, I man, to me. I, I'm gonna say I th- I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with Austin Eckler and you you definitely made a good point Ethan with with Ronald Jones I think he did move it the most um, but to me uh, you know if I'm looking at it from a fantasy perspective I gotta look at it as all right who is who has improved the most point wise and to me that's Austin Eckler I never expected this from him and uh, and so to me I'm gonna go with Austin Eckler so John you could be the deciding vote here but if you if you go Evan Ingram. If you go Evan Ingram, we got a three-way tie, and uh, and we might uh, we might have to bring in a fourth party here. <laughs> I'll keep this simple. I uh, I think the most improved, the most improved, I think is Ronald Jones because just like Ethan said last year, Ronald Jones was. I mean, I had plenty of discussions saying I I was not a Ronald Jones guy at all. He couldn't block, he couldn't catch, he couldn't run, he couldn't keep the hold the ball, couldn't do anything, and um, he, he just got laughed out the field. Nobody gave him a chance. And, you know, even coming into the league, people were saying, oh, Ronald Jones can't cut it. And he's, you know, a bad player. He can't block, can't catch, can't do anything. Um, so from what his stereotype was uh, in week – or I'm sorry, in year one, compared to what he's done this year, um, you know, he came out, did pretty good week one. Uh, week two, we're like, oh, great. Now it's going to be the Peyton Barber show again. We're going to play this game all the time. We three came out, did, had a real good game, and then I, I think he had probably uh, he had uh, almost 20 snaps uh, for close to uh, 80, 90 yards, 80 yards, I think, um, and a touchdown this this week, uh, week four. From even though his stats don't match Austin Eckler's, uh, I we weren't sure what we're getting out of Ronald Jones this year, and he is by far the most improved in my eyes. He's I can't, I can't believe it. I still sit back and check and make sure it says Ronald Jones next to the name on this on, on the stat sheet when it comes up because I left him for dead. Like you know, that's uh, as far as production goes, it's Eckler. As far as most improved goes, I think it's Jones. All right, gentlemen, we have our winner. Ronald Jones wins the award uh, so far this year for the biggest improvement, the most improved player to this point of the year, and I. Um, I, I can't argue against it. I definitely think that you guys had a, a good philosophy for that kind of approaching it and, and the way that we went there. So, um, gentlemen, before we proceed, I would like to go ahead and, uh, and read, read an ad for one of our, for our sponsor here. And that is the FF mercenaries guys, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together, and this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, 
alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a, strateg- uh, with a strategic specialist for your unique and special needs. Visit ffmercenaries.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW, all one word, for 10% off your consultation. That promo code is SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com after uh, where winning is the only option. All right, guys, so I fumbled my way through that one. Let's go ahead and go to the next category. And the next category is best waiver wire ad. And this one's interesting because year to date, there have been a lot of guys that you picked up off the waiver wire that you can make an argument and say, this is the guy. This is the guy that I think is is to, to this point of the year, this has been the best ad. So, Ethan, we'll, we'll start with you. Who is your guy? Who's your guy that you say, man, this is the best ad of the year that you were able to get off the waiver wire? I think for me, it's Will Disley. Uh, he's the tight end from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, tight end five already in half-point PPR. Um, eighth among tight ends in yards. He's leading tight ends in touchdowns. I think he has four on the year already. Um, one of only seven tight ends in the league that's averaging more than 10 points per game um, and half-point scoring in fantasy. So obviously a huge positional advantage is having a tight end that can score you points. Will Disley is a guy that you got for free, most likely, in fantasy drafts this year. So to have a top 12 tight end for free, that's a huge positional value. Um, And the other thing, I think this is probably the most impressive thing to me personally, being an injury guy. uh, Disley is coming off probably one of the three worst injuries that you can have as a football player. He had a ruptured patellar tendon last year. Uh, this is one that is notorious for for not just uh, ruining seasons, but literally ruining, ruining entire careers. Um, it's pretty rare injury. The patella tendon is, is pretty large, so it's pretty rare that it actually ruptures. The fact that Disley has been able to come back in a year and is already producing um, is really astounding from just an injury perspective as far as beating the odds of the injury that he uh, that occurred to him. So um, for me, Will Disley, from the story perspective, also from the fact that he has been incredibly productive up to this point, um, is my favorite waiver ad of the year so far. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool, Ethan. I did not know that that injury that he sustained last year was that, uh, was that threatening. So it's kind of, kind of a cool story that he, uh, he's come back so strong from that already. Um, that's, that's pretty neat, actually. I, I like that. So, uh, John, we're going to go to you. Who is your best waiver wire ad? Your nominee for best waiver wire ad thus far at the quarter, quarter point of the season here. I didn't mean to turn this into a tight end show, uh, but, uh, I'm taking Darren Waller from the Raiders. Um, he just uh, he's got 85 points already in and in, uh, in full point PPR. He's uh, for someone that you just grabbed out the waiver wire, especially at the tight end position. I, I mean, he's averaging nine targets a game. He's uh, he's, uh, he's got tons of tons of yardage already. He's got a 130 yard game. Uh, no touchdowns yet, but he's he's a he's a PPR monster as far as that's concerned. For a plug and play waiver wire pickup to 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 get you almost 100 points already quarter way through the season. I think that's that's phenomenal. And for the people that play in like tight end premiums or you know 1.75 or even like two point uh, per catch, this this guy would be a he's fantasy gold. That's who I think uh, is. That's who I'm going with. I like Darren Waller an awful lot. I think uh, I think that's a, that's an interesting interesting guy to bring up. I'm going to go ahead with my nomination. My nomination for best waiver wire ad is. 
DJ Shark. Do, 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 DJ Shark. All right, I'm done. Um, it's DJ Shark. I think uh, if if you there, there were a lot of people that had given up on him. He wasn't a a great you know a great ad. Um, he, he wasn't. He didn't have a great rookie year. He just really didn't. You know, he he was drafted pretty high. Um, and people were puzzled by why he was drafted so high. And then, you know, it didn't, didn't seem like things were going to work out for him, but boy, this year he has come on strong. Uh, he's looked really, really good. Um, and you know, he, he's got chemistry with, uh, you know, with Gardner Minshew. It looks like things over in Jacksonville are starting to work and everything's running through DJ sharks. So he is the number one there. I mean, I, I don't know that that's questioned at this point. I think, He's the number one, the clear number one, and I think Westbrook's the clear number two, and uh, everybody else, guys like Chris Conley, are playing support roles outside of that. So to me, DJ Shark is the guy. Um, speed kills. He's got that speed. He's a good deep threat, um, and he's just proving that he can uh, you know, he can put in numbers week in and week out. And that's the thing that's impressed me with Shark is that he's been reliable. He's been a guy that you can count on week in and week out. I kind of thought that he would have some big weeks and have some disappointing weeks, but really hasn't been the case. He's been pretty good every single week so far. So DJ Shark is my answer. So gentlemen, what do we think? John, I'm going to start with you. John McGlynn, who do you think? Actually, I think I started with you last time. I'm going to go first, all right? I'm going to go first this time. So I tell you what, man, this one is tough. To me, all these names are are credible. Uh, Will Disley, that that story is awesome. The fact that I mean he has he has scored a lot of fantasy points, like you said, Ethan, um, tied for first in touchdowns. I mean he has been he's been awesome, um, and and he he definitely needs to be considered here. And I I love the fact that I mean I just like that offense. I like the fact that he has Russell Wilson that he can lean on week in and week out. Um, moving forward, I really feel great about him. To this point of the year, though, he's put up the numbers, so he he definitely needs to be in the conversation. Um, DJ Shark, to me, is another guy that, uh, again, I think he needs to be in the conversation as well, um, you know, with what he's done, especially on an offense that we expected to be very run-heavy and not throw the ball very much. Um, I think he's been very, very good. Um, but to me, the answer is Darren Waller. Um, he's just been fantastic. Um, I just – I. We knew that he, it, it seemed like, you know, towards the end of the offseason, we started to to see that he was going to get opportunity for the Oakland Raiders. My problem was, was man, you know, early in the season, it looked like AB was going to be there. It looked like Tyrell Williams was a the guy that they had brought in. It just looked like, I mean, Josh Jacobs was going to get his, it seemed like. And it just looked like, what's he going to be? You know, is he going to be the fourth option on an offense that I don't really love the Oakland Raiders? You know, am I going to have to rely on on Derek Carr? you know, to get my fantasy points. And that, that was my concern, but boy, Darren Waller just hasn't disappointed. He has shown that he could put up monster games. He's going to get uh, the lion care of the the targets um, and, and just the amount of targets that he gets. And the thing, thing with Waller that I really like is that, man, that volume's probably not going to go down much. I don't see Oakland winning a ton of games. Um, Seattle, I could see them winning a bunch of games. And Will Disley, you know, that, that running game still kind of being prominent. But Will Disley's so good in the red zone. So, I mean, man, was, this was splitting hairs. But uh, to me, I'm going to go Darren Waller here. I think this one's going to be probably the closest one that we have. Um, I think all three of these names are, are very interesting. To me, it's Darren Waller. Um, let's go to John. John, what do you think between these guys? Oh. This is the hardest one to choose between. I think DJ Chark is uh, slowing down a little bit. He started out red hot, and he's uh, kind of cooled a little bit. So I'm going to take him out of the equation just because uh, the other guys just keen, to, uh, especially Disley. Uh, 
Um, I just see with the touchdowns, I think that's the difference. The difference maker is the touchdowns. Waller's getting tons of targets, tons of catches, tons of yards, but this is getting it done for your fantasy team. Uh, I think for the first quarter of the year, I, I think he's the best waiver ad. I um, have to go against my pick, even though it's still a tight end that I picked, even though I nominated five tight ends in this game. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Will Disley is just uh, – he just seems a little bit more important to me in, than Darren Waller as far as fantasy football is concerned. Uh, the first quarter of the season, I'll, I'll take Will Disley. All right, very interesting. So the two tight ends – both have a vote for him. Ethan, here it is. It comes down. It's, it's on your doorstep here. Who do you like? Who's who's that guy? Have we have we gotten you off Disley at all? Or is that still your guy? That's this gonna be an interesting one. Man, this one is tough for me. Um, I'll be honest, when I first saw the the category, the first guy I thought of was Darren Waller. Um, because of just how consistent he has been as far as opportunity and what he's putting up week to week as a floor. Um, Disley, I think, has the touchdown upside. Being in the offense that he is in, they are going to see the red zone quite often. Um, it's pretty clear at this point that that um, Russell Wilson is looking for him in the red zone, so that's going to provide a ton of value. DJ Chark, I think, um, in, in, in a situation where Oftentimes in fantasy, we're starting multiple wide receivers. We're not necessarily starting multiple tight ends. I think Chark provides a little bit of value um, and should get a bump, uh, a, a small bump there just from the position uh, scarcity as, as far as how many you have to start. You know, being able to plug him in as a wide receiver three, which I am currently doing in off, on a few teams coming off the waiver wire is a, a huge advantage. Um, you know, this one is going to be tough for me. Uh, I think. I like Disley. I think he has the best story of the three, um, but I'm going to have to go with Waller on this one just because uh, I think from a just a sheer volume perspective, I always like those guys that are going to give you the opportunities. The touchdowns I think are going to come for Waller. I don't know if it's going to be as many as Disley. I think Disley has a good chance of hitting 10 touchdowns this year. Um, he's already on pace to do that. So um, I think Disley's going to end up being probably scoring more fantasy points, but I think you're going to be happier in PPR leagues, especially uh, with Darren Waller's floor. And I think uh, from a position that isn't going to give you a lot of points, that floor is super, super important. So I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Uh, Will Disley is a close second, and I think DJ Chark uh, deserved a nominee as well. So uh, definitely a close race for me as well. Nice. So we have our winner. Officially, it is Darren Waller is the best waiver wire ad thus far this year. Yeah, th this one was tough. I think I think we all kind of stated that this one so far was the toughest one. But I tell you what, gentlemen, we have one more category to discuss, and this one's not going to be easy either. MVP. Who has been the fantasy MVP to this point of the season? Four games in only, so it's tough to, to kind of say, but at, at this point, if you had to vote for your fantasy MVP, who would it be? John, give us your nominee. This one's uh slam dunk Christian McCaffrey to me. Uh, he's, I don't think he's, everybody's even touched the field minus like three or four snaps besides Christian McCaffrey on uh, the Panthers. He is the entire team. He's everything. I mean, there's, he sets up the, he sets up the pass. He, he sets up. I mean, he is the run. He's receiving out of the backfield when it, when they do double cover the receivers. Uh, this guy is, he's a fantasy monster. He's uh, to be expected. He was in, he was on the top four uh, running backs, but I think there's, he's proven it. He's been the guy uh, he had no, I mean, it, Saquon's injuries and Zeke kind of coming back, not hundred percent, I guess, not ready to go. 
Um, the, McCaffrey is number he's number one ranked already. I think he's going to keep that the rest of the season as he already did the first quarter of the season. I don't see him slowing down whatsoever, but for the quarter of the season, it's McCaffrey to me all, all, all day long. Okay, very nice. I will go ahead and present my nominee. My nominee for MVP thus far in the season is none other than Patrick Mahomes. Look, Patrick Mahomes, everyone, what was, what was, what did we hear all offseason? Was regression, regression, regression. Don't expect what he did last year. Don't expect that. And I agreed, man. I mean, I, how, how can we expect that, you know, this guy's going to throw for like 6,000 yards and, you know, a ton of touchdowns? Like, I, there was, there was no way. I didn't think it was going to happen. Well, so far, a quarter of the way through the year, he has not disappointed and regression hasn't been something that you're all that worried about. So far, he has not passed in in the four games he's played he has not passed for under 315 yards he has three of his four games where he has at least three touchdown passes last game was the only game he didn't against Detroit they had three rushing touchdowns and so he didn't get in the end zone they also had a defensive touchdown but they still scored 34 points the lowest point total they've scored was 28 against Oakland. Other than that, they've been in the 30s and 40s. Patrick Mahomes is a big reason why this guy has been fantastic all year. He has He's like regression proof. It's unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, he also has done this while playing in Jacksonville, pretty good defense, and at home against Baltimore, another defense that we all think is, is a pretty good defense. I mean, these are matchups that you wouldn't expect huge numbers in. Wait until he gets to the meat of this, when he gets to play, um, you know, some of the other teams that he's got on his schedule. Some of these teams are very poor against the pass. He's got Houston coming up. He's got Indy coming up. He has Denver coming up. These are games that he can put up some numbers into. Patrick Mahomes, to me, at this point of the season, is the MVP. So that is my nominee. Ethan, let's hear from you. Who is your nominee for MVP at this point of the year? Oh man, this is this is tough because you guys put up some absolute humdingers. But I'm going to go opposite of what I did with most disappointing. Um, I'm looking for the guy that you didn't have to spend up on that is absolutely winning you on track to win you fantasy championships. And that guy's Lamar Jackson for me right now. Uh, 27.6 fantasy points per game, um, leading quarterbacks in rush attempts with 36. Uh, so obviously that rushing floor that we all talked about is there. He's given it to you every single week. Um, he's basically matchup proof as well, because if he can't throw the ball, he's going to run the ball. Nobody's stopping him running. Um, he's He's got over 100 yards on the next closest quarterback as far as rushing yards. So, uh, you know, he's going to run away with the, the rushing attempts and yards for the quarterbacks this year. He's also tied for first in passing touchdowns with 10. He's 11th in passing yardage. So that, I think, is the thing that's surprising to most people is he's not just a running back. Uh, he's actually a quarterback. He's actually throwing the ball. He's actually uh, scoring touchdowns through the air as well. And that just takes him to a whole nother level um, into that Patrick Mahomes level of just production because – if he can throw the ball and run the ball, um, he may not throw for as many touchdowns as I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for this year. But if he gives you 30, 30 touchdowns um, on top of seven, eight, nine, ten 10 on the ground, you know, we're talking about um, an absolute steal as far as fantasy football goes. Um, I think Lamar Jackson uh, definitely has a case for MVP, but I really like the guys that you guys picked as well. So I'll be curious how this uh, debate goes for picking this one. Yeah, this this is really, really interesting to me. Um I, I, I like the Lamar Jackson ad. So John, I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh we're gonna have you start, then we'll go to Ethan and I'll finish this one up. So John, what is your thought process and who who gets your vote 
for MVP? Um, these are both good. Uh, there's, you guys both had really good arguments. I just think that McCaffrey's right up there. He's like 15 points behind Mahomes as far as fantasy points are concerned in most leagues I play in. Uh, for a running back, that's for as good as you look at Mahomes and you're thinking, oh my God, this is the best season I've ever seen out of a quarterback. This guy's great. It's, you know, Lamar Jackson, the things he's doing, the, the first game, five touchdowns and, you know, all those yards. Uh, McCaffrey's only. 10 points behind Lamar Jackson and 15 points behind Patrick Mahomes. He's been that good on receptions and PPR leagues, been that good running the ball. He's been that good as a cornerstone of the offense. Um, there's an MVP for a reason, and he's the most valuable player on their team. Um, Mahomes has a lot of speech. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of weapons. Uh, he is the MVP, but it's, I think it's easier for a quarterback to be MVP than it is a running back. And I, I'm taking McCaffrey. Um, that's, that's who I'm going to pick here. I'm going to stick with my guy. Okay. Interesting. So Ethan, your vote here, uh, this, this is going to be, uh, going to be interesting because all three of these guys merit consideration. So who, who gets your vote for MVP so far this year? Gosh. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't, this, this was going to be a tough vote regardless. All these guys are having incredible seasons up to this point. Christian McCaffrey's doing everything you expected him to do as a, as a running back. Obviously this fantasy football still in my eyes runs through having a good running back core. Um, there are teams out there listening right now that are sitting with McCaffrey and Eckler and just dominating leagues. I hope that Eckler can keep that up for you. Um, but McCaffrey has been everything. And and the biggest knock on McCaffrey, I think personally, in my eyes, the reason that it was a debate um, was because he was playing with Cam Newton and Cam Newton has always and will always uh, have the tendency to be about Cam Newton when it comes to running in the red zone. Cam likes to be the guy that scores the touchdowns. And that was always going to cat McCaffrey's upside. Cam Newton is hurt. Who knows when we will see him again? It could be um, a significant break. I expect it to be a significant break from this injury. Kyle Allen is playing well, but Kyle Allen is not going to be rushing for a ton of touchdowns. Uh, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey to be that guy in the red zone now. And that means the sky's the limit for him um, from just a fantasy perspective. I think that he's going to run away as the RB1 this year. It's not really going to be super close just because none of the other guys outside of Eckler, uh, of course, that's assuming Melvin Gordon doesn't come back, and we know he will. Dalvin Cook is another guy that could be up there, but he's not going to get the target volume that Christian McCaffrey is. Um, uh, Pat Mahomes, what can you say? The guy isn't regressing. He's he's still exactly what you expected him to be, what you drafted him to be. Um, I still uh, I still agree that the the argument for Lamar Jackson is the fact that he was the cheapest of the three. Uh, he was the only one that you got at a discount that's providing you with MVP level talent. So um, hopefully you have a lot of Lamar Jackson in your fantasy leagues. I know Stompy was really big on him this year. That's why you listen to this show so you can get the guys that you should have been on uh, to start the year, but. For me, I'm going to have to go McCaffrey. This is a fantasy award. Running backs are what runs fantasy leagues. You win with good running back play, and I don't see a reason. He doesn't have any uh, very much a significant injury risk. He's been pretty healthy his whole career. He's giving you the passing game. He's giving you the rushing game. He is that entire offense. He is the most valuable player on his own team. And for those reasons, I think McCaffrey is the winner of this award up to this point in the year. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I think we we have our winner. It's it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, regardless of which way I vote. Um, I I think you guys all made very compelling arguments. I think any of these guys could be considered the MVP. You're absolutely right, Ethan. When you say, I mean, I, when you take into to account the value that you get with Lamar Jackson, um, it's it's hard to argue against him at this point of the season. I mean. The, the great thing about Lamar Jackson is, and, and we kind of saw it against Cleveland, is when he's struggling with his arm, he does have his legs. Um, you know, he can still run, you know, his way out of some situations and into fantasy points. He's got so many ways that he can beat you, and he didn't cost you anything. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, you better have had a top two pick to get him, because if not, you didn't get him this year. And uh, and so that, to me, is, is tough because, you know, not everyone had the opportunity to get him. Everyone had the opportunity to get Lamar Jackson. I mean, this guy didn't go in the top 12 picks in, in most, if not all, drafts that I've been part in. So, uh, you know, everybody had a chance to get him. And so when you get a guy at a value, you know, the opportunity cost is very low. So that that needs to be stated. I agree. And that's that's a big part of this this debate here um, for me. So that that that's where Lamar Jackson gets put right in the middle of this conversation here because to this point, I mean, his numbers have have been fantastic. Um, so he he gets consideration for me just just because of that. Christian McCaffrey, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'd probably put if I think I'd probably put Christian McCaffrey third here. And it's no knock on McCaffrey. He's been fantastic. Um, his numbers have been great. Uh, you know, he's 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 really. I mean, everything you expected him to do, he's done. Um, I guess my only my only problem is is when you look at MVP, this is a word that's traditionally defined by moments, and the moment I remember most so far this year for Christian McCaffrey was him getting stopped at the one yard line on Thursday Night Football when he couldn't get the ball in, um, and and whether that's fair or unfair, you know that was on national television and and that's the lasting moment I have. And he he had a fantastic game. He's had all fantastic games, um, but. To me, the thing that separates Mahomes from the others is that his team is 4-0. and He just doesn't cost his team victories. And, John, I know that you brought up uh, that he has all this talent. Does he really, though? Tyreek Hill gets hurt, and he's got Travis Kelsey, but what did we think of McCole Hardman? Would we have thought anything of this guy if he went anywhere else? Um, Demarcus Robinson, this guy came from nowhere, and all of a sudden this guy is being you know, touted. Sammy Watkins, we all knew he had you know, talent, but he never really shined anywhere. That's why he's playing on Kansas city and not still in Buffalo there. I mean, yeah, he's got some talent, but I really feel like he makes the talent around him better. LaShawn McCoy, this guy was left on the doorstep from the Buffalo bills. He goes to Kansas city and look at what he did last week. I mean, the guy, the past two weeks, the guy has been, has been, you know, very good for your fantasy roster. So to me, that he makes the talent around him better. I don't know that I can say that with McCaffrey. I think we're going to be saying it for Lamar Jackson very soon if we're not already. Um, and to me, that's that's the sign of an MVP. So my vote is is still going to go to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think it's very close between him and Lamar Jackson. Um, and I, I, I like Christian McCaffrey a lot, but he would be third for me um, pretty solidly in this list. So, um yeah. Does anybody else have anything to add? We, 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 we've already uh, established that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the Superflex Super Show for the first quarter of the season. Um, is there anything else that anybody has on the uh, on this MVP debate? Uh, just real fast. I don't uh, I agree with uh, Patrick Mahomes making things happen, but 
he's got the fast the five fastest human beings on the face of the earth, uh, you know, <laughs> around him. So the safeties are the safeties are ten yards back. Everybody's ten yards back because you can't cover these guys, uh, you know, man to man. Or well, he hasn't had Tyreek Hill, but uh, you can continue mm-hmm. with your point. I like it. You- yeah, everybody else on the team is still runs like a you know a four point zero forty. You know, <laughs> you know they, did- they they drafted Hardman on purpose to be the Tyreek Hill uh, replacement. And, right. Uh, well, he, and- he does he does have speed. You're, you're absolutely right. Go on. And uh, you know it's uh, Mahomes. Yes, he does. He is flashy. He gets stuff done. But when the entire defense is, is pulled back, because you got Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field too. I mean, what do you do when you got five, you got three receivers that run four four two four three forties, and then you got covered at the best tight end in the world? Of course, Lashawn McCoy is going to get rushing yards because the entire defense is fifteen yards back. I, yeah, I, don't, I, uh, I get that, but but speed doesn't always equal fantasy production. I mean, you there there have been several people who were drafted in the league that had speed that couldn't couldn't yeah, catch Chris the ball. Johnson, he did pretty open. good for a while. Y- yeah, that's true. That's true. And they they have built their offense around speed, but there are ways to combat that too. Um, and and it's just no one's found a way. I mean, Patrick Mahomes week in and week out. I mean, he took away his top receiver in Tyreek Hill week one to an injury, and the guy hasn't slowed down a bit. Who else can we say that about? Do you think? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we're going to find out because Devontae Adams is gone like that. To me, that's going to affect him pretty, pretty, you know, an awful lot. Like, you know, now he's throwing MVS and those guys. Like, is he going to be able to make those guys what Patrick Mahomes has made these other no-name receivers around him? I know they have speed, but I mean, and you're right. I mean, they they kind of built their offense around speed and and it's working. But I mean, this is something that the Oakland Raiders were, were trying to do for years and years and years. They would get criticized for drafting guys like Darius Hayward Bay and 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 you know uh, guys that they would take way too early because they had a ton of speed and it never worked out. It's it's yeah. working, it's working, and it's working because of Patrick Mahomes. A lot of these guys were the same guys that Alex Smith had too. Um, I, I just it just didn't work. Patrick Mahomes makes it work in my opinion. And oh yeah, guess what? He can also make plays with his legs. So if it wasn't enough to have to worry about all the speed on the field and Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the game, you also have to worry about him running out of the pocket, which, I mean, we saw that last, this last game, they were losing to the lions. They had to come back. It was fourth down. Nobody was open. Guess what Patrick Mahomes did? He took off. He ran, he got the first down and more. I mean, this guy, just every time I start to doubt him, he just answers, he answers it. And so to me, uh, that's, that's my MVP. That's, that's the reason why, but, uh, but I, I, again, I definitely think that all three of these guys belong in the conversation. If I had to pick three, it would probably be these three. So, I think, and I just want to jump in here because I'm listening to this argument on both sides, and I think you guys are both making good points. I think the point that John was making was not that uh, it was not so much about the speed as it was the talent surrounding him. Um, you 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 brought up James that uh, you thought that the talent that he was making the talent. And I think that we're not going to know the answer to that because there is so much talent, true talent around him. You're talking, uh, you, you know, from a wide receiver perspective, yes, we're talking speed, but Tyreek Hill was a top 10 wide receiver before, before Mahomes ever got there and was ever starting. Um, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, the same way, uh, top three uh, tight end before, before you even put Mahomes into the mix, um, you're talking about uh, two. The running back core, while not super talented, does fit this scheme very well. You know, Damian Williams can catch passes out of the backfield. 
Uh, same thing with LaShawn McCoy. He's been doing it his whole career, and he's also a pretty darn good runner. He's an experienced runner. Daryl Williams is showing that he can be a good goal line back. If you just need one yard, he is punching it in there pretty much every time. Um, then you add on top of, you know, Sammy Watkins, while not necessarily has not lived up to the talent that he came in into the league with, he was talented when he came into the league. Injuries have derailed him, but that doesn't that's a discount his talent. Um, you know, you're looking at McCole Hardman again, another four, two, four, three guy that can just push safeties and push everyone back further, opening up the field even more. So the, I think what John was getting at was right now there's, there's no way to know for sure. Um, who, who's making what is this team making Patrick Mahomes or is Patrick Mahomes making this team? I personally think it's a little bit of both. It, you can't discount that he is playing amazing football right now. But I think if you, if you compare him to, let's just say the other quarterback that's in this comparison, because I don't think it's fair to compare quarterbacks and running backs. I still agree that Christian McCaffrey uh, is doing exactly what you wanted him to do. And he's, he, to me is still the MVP of fantasy because quarterbacks versus running backs I would rather I would rather pay up for running backs they're the what makes the league run but just look at what Lamar Jackson's doing with a 29 year old Mark Ingram uh, a rookie wide receiver in Marquise Brown who is all of 170 pounds uh, Willie Sneed is his wide receiver too so uh, would you rather have Sammy Watkins or Willie Sneed would you have to rather have Demarcus Robinson or Willie Sneed that's the real question um, I don't even know who the third wide receiver is on the Ravens that's how bad they are uh, Mark Andrews a second year tight end has been very impressive but again you're talking probably the best uh, pass catcher on his team right now is his tight end as far as being consistent so uh, I mean to me, Lamar Jackson is doing more for his team than what Patrick Mahomes is doing because he has less to work with. Does that does that make sense to you guys, or am I just like spewing nonsense right now? No, that was 100% accurate. That was fantastic. Yeah. A great argument. I, I think that, that does make a lot of sense, Ethan. I, I, I like what you said there. And when you compare the Kansas City Chiefs supporting cast of Patrick Mahomes to Baltimore's, I mean, it's night and day. It's it's not even close. And I, I do think, I I guess it's just for me, none of these guys that they got were highly regarded, right? I mean, Demarcus Robinson was a late round pick. McCole Hardman was a guy that multiple teams passed up. Nobody really thought McCole Hardman, you know, was going to come into the league. And that, that doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, there's, there's nobody thought Terry McLaurin was going to come into the league and be very good. So far he has been. Um, so it doesn't mean a lot. It's just it, to me, if I'm, if I'm looking at this objectively, I'm going, man, these are, there are multiple players on this team that right now with Tyreek Hill out are, are, are putting up numbers, you know, uh, you know, one of them is at least every, each and every week, um, that weren't highly regarded as far as, you know, by other teams. Um, to me, it just, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, I mean, they, they never seem to spend up at those positions at, at wide receiver or at running back. And they always seem to have guys that perform very well. And, and to me, you know, eventually you have to start looking at it and going, man, maybe this is, you know, either it's a scheme thing or a coaching thing, kind of like what we, what we think in new England or, 
man, Patrick Mahomes is just going to be able to do this with kind of anybody. And, you know, I, I compare it to New England a little bit. You know, when we look at New England, it seems like they get guys like Philip Dorsett that nobody else can make anything out of. And he just goes to New England and fits fine. Or, you know, I, and and how many times do they do that with a defender or a troubled wide receiver? Obviously, it didn't work with Antonio Brown, but it's worked previously there. Um, it just seems like. And I don't know, you know, I think this argument happens a lot. Is it Bill Belichick and the coaching staff that make sure that these guys stay in line, that make sure that they're coached up and ready to go? Or is it the fact that just Tom Brady, you know, gets on the same page with these guys and he's, you know, he's good enough to to, to make it happen? I, I don't know what the argument is there, but I almost feel like that's, that's part of what's going to be happening in Kansas City. So I could be totally off, and you're right, Ethan, we won't know. Um, for years, you know, whether or not it's, you know, th- this talent can go elsewhere and can really, we can really look at it and go, boy, Patrick Mahomes probably should have won like rings with all these guys um, because of, because of how good they are. Um, or, you know, it could be that they, they struggle, you know, go elsewhere and struggle and you go, boy, how did Patrick Mahomes do it for years with these guys on his team, you know? So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how that plays out. But uh, if I had to bet, I'd be betting that Patrick Mahomes is kind of, kind of raising the level of play around them. Um, but I think that end scheme probably has a lot to do with it. But either way, um, for me, fantasy-wise, I, I I like Patrick Mahomes, and I think that would be my guy. But uh, If you ever get a chance, I mean, let, I'm not pouring, trying to pour, pour salt on a wound here, but if you ever get a chance, look at the Anthony Thomas' highlight video from college from Oregon. I mean, he's in the same mold as some of these guys. He is fast. He's electric. He's I mean, they, they, just, they go after a certain brand in Kansas City. They definitely go after the fast guys with, you know, the shifty, the speed and the agility guys. There, I don't think there's anybody in the receiving court that, that you know, is his bad. Uh, it, it's just amazing to see these these speedsters all on the same team. I, I uh, it's just my 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 last two cents on this. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean that that's that's uh, I mean they 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 target speed, and right now it's working. Um, you know when that speed can translate on the field, and I think it's probably a lot of coaching. You know, first off, is you know um, you, you can't just draft a guy who's got speed, throw him out in the field, and say, "Boy, this guy's going to produce." You know, um, obviously you got to coach him up, and uh, and obviously, I mean, if they have multiple guys that are contributing. Um, week in and week out, when you look at guys like Sammy Watkins, you look at Robinson, you look at uh, McCole Hardman, and then you know Tyree Kill when he comes back. You know when you have multiple guys that are that are contributing, um, you know it seems like that's that's you know that there's got to be something there. You know it can't just be um, you know that that all these guys have speed and and so one of them's always going to be open. But um, it does seem like that way. And Patrick Mahomes just does a masterful job of uh, of reading the play and getting the ball to those guys. So. Um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting debate. We'll have to see kind of what Twitter thinks. So, um, listeners, do me a favor: make sure that uh, that you tweet this out, this episode out, and you you leave leave some comments. Let us know what you think. Who is your MVP? Who is your biggest bust? Who is your rookie of the year so far? Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, make sure that you do that. Um, John McClin, Ethan Turner, do you guys have anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we go? No, make sure you're checking out the the rest of this week's show. We're going to be doing injuries uh, later in the week. Um, pretty rare for me to get a talk about fantasy, so I'm excited about this. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about all the injuries from last week. There weren't a ton, but uh, make sure you check out those shows later in the week for that information. Um, I think, John, again, you can follow me on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT. I'm going to try to keep you guys up to date as we go here um, as far as the injuries are concerned. John McLenn, 75 on Twitter. I, uh, I'm working with a 
Great group of guys. This is every show I come on here is a blessing to me because I'm around the most talented guys in the industry here. There's five shows in the, five shows a week, and uh, every one of them is better than the last. Thank you guys very much for having me, and uh, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, thank thank you so much, man, uh, for that, and uh, appreciate you and appreciate Ethan. You guys, make sure that you're following John and Ethan on Twitter. These guys are fantastic. Ethan does a great job breaking down injuries. There's a lot of injuries to talk about some pretty big ones, especially at quarterback. So we're going to, we're going to go over those later in the week. So make sure you tune in to listen there and make sure you're following Ethan at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Make sure you're following John McLean at John McLean 75. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James the brain. Also make sure to follow our show handle at Superflex show and make sure to tweet us out any trades, any um, pretty much anything that you have, any start six questions, whatever. We'll try to answer them on the show uh, on any of these shows. If we can, we go live tomorrow night so we'll, we'll answer your questions live on that show as well. If you could tweet them at us, that would always be great. Um, we're going to be doing it live actually tonight, Wednesday night. We are going to be live, so make sure that you tweet us any trades um, at us so we can answer that. And also tune in live so you can go in the group chat and you can let us know any questions that you have and listen along and follow along live. Um, you can also go to DLF football or at dynastyleaguefootball.com and you can follow along and uh, subscribe to the family of podcasts there there's a bunch of great podcasts this one being one of them you can also find us on itunes and stitcher be sure to give us a rate and review if you can those help us out tremendously they help us provide the content that you want to hear and they help us uh, move forward in the show and uh, and get to what you guys want to hear so thank you so much for heart soul radio for the use of the song the addiction and until next week john I said it too early. I'll say it again. Stay sexy and super flexy.